Hey everyone, it's Nikki and Jesse, and this is episode three of In the Works. In our first two episodes, we spoke quite a bit about who we are and kind of where we've come from, our background, and what we've been through, and talked about a lot of the reasons why we want to start a podcast, why we are starting a podcast, kind of some of the things that we want to talk about, but this is the first episode where we are going to really just take a topic and run with it. So, Nikki, what is that topic? In this episode, we are going to talk about how to start and grow a business without losing your sanity. Without losing your sanity? Without. I said without. Okay. What I mean here is you don't have to go crazy. All right. But we did. (laughs) And we learned some things along the way. We've both been kind of business-minded, driven, entrepreneurial for our whole lives. But I guess I wanted to start with this question to you, Jesse, is what was it that made you want to start a business? Well... There's a couple of things that really motivated me. One was just the the drive to be expressing my artistic uh, nature. I didn't really have an outlet if I wasn't doing that for uh, you know an occupation. Right. Um, there, it just wasn't something that I could really satisfy in the context of a hobby mm-hmm. and and I mean that's where stuff gets scary right you know when you try to transition something that's like a hobby project type thing into a business that's the that's the jump that gets a lot of people but you know that was a main factor and the uh, the other factor I think was just um I had a lot of experiences with um, working for other people that uh, were really negative for me. I, I feel like I got kind of chewed up and spit out, used up, and, and never you know felt rewarded for the effort that I gave to other people. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. You know, and I, I spent a lot of my early life working for my father as well, which, Dad, if you're listening, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> um, that's an entirely different dynamic. But, and uh, ultimately, part of the dyma- dynamic that did lead to you starting a business. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, being working for my father's business, seeing modeled how he operated and pursued um, his own endeavor, definitely, you know, sort of gave me a path and showed me how to how to do some some things that you know I could have never got started without that. Yeah, I also had parents and extended family members who had, you know, taken the leap and opened their own business or done their own thing. And so for me, it was also kind of modeled for me to, at the very least, not be scared of trying. And I also feel like I had a lot of kind of success stories to look at as examples and things to kind of hope for. And, you know, it drove me to do well But I also think that just as you're saying too, you know, I kind of had this feeling of a need to express something and to feel like 
there was kind of this deeper meaning to my work than just like showing up and doing something for a company in exchange for money. I mean, like, yeah, I can do that, but it felt kind of off. It just wasn't rewarding. And no matter what I was involved in, I know I, I just naturally would kind of find myself in scenarios where I'm like, oh, well, people are asking me to do something for them. They're saying they would pay me for it. So yeah, I'm going to do that, you know? And it just kind of naturally became that for me across a couple different areas, you know? Mm -hmm. They were ranging from, I did a lot of photography. I did a lot of graphic design, web design, and there was a lot of overlap between my corporate job and the skills that I was learning and utilizing there and what I was able to then turn around and apply to other projects. And then when you and I met up, here we were kind of both rearing to go with this idea of like doing something ourselves. And there's so much reward and promise that can be attached to, you know, saying yes to that and, and you know, making the leap, risking it, going for it. However, the only way that you can live a life that is experiencing those rewards and benefits is you got to actually do the work of growing a healthy business. And the way that you grow your business is going to play a huge part in your level of sanity and your level of satisfaction in your life. Because you can, you know, at the very beginning, have all the motivation in the world, but if you find yourself a couple years in, caught up in something that, you know, you, you wanted to do for a living, but it's not healthy, it's not, it's, it's not working, you're working for it, it's not working for you, uh, that can be way worse mm -hmm. than had you not said yes at all. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I mean, and... How many things along the way do you take on that you uh, turn and look at later and go, wish I wouldn't have said yes to that at all. But that is a huge part of growing a business and, and learning what it is to be in business. Learning the things that you should have said no to. Yeah, for sure. I think there are so many things you have to look out for and so many things that you have to learn and, and grow into. But I think that what really stands out as being true to me is that in every single phase or every in every season of starting and growing a business, there are so many things that have the potential to rob you of your sanity. It's not, you know, just the beginning that's hard or, or the middle or, you know, once you've really kind of found some success and are having to manage a lot. Like, at the from the very beginning, it can be fear or insecurity that if you don't manage that, you're unhealthy from the get-go. And so I guess I just wanted us to talk for a little bit about some of the different things that our experience has showed us as being opportunities where you might need to protect your sanity a little bit mm -hmm. and call into check some of the things that are going on in your head. There's so much that we could say about all this, and there's really more advice than we could pack into an episode or a million episodes. But we've decided that for this episode, we are gonna talk about 10 tips that we have for starting and growing a business without losing your sanity. That's right, okay, so first tip, just start. I think a lot of people get stuck right there. They can't just start. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have a bunch of funding. You really can just start. And 
what that looks like could be, you know, a wide variety of different things. It may start with some cool marketing. Find a way to market yourself. It may be with, you know, starting with an innovative idea. Whatever it may look like for you, everybody has an opportunity to just start. And I think that that's that's a critical thing right there. Just start. Absolutely. I think that especially for people who are more inclined to want a plan and to have it perfect from the get-go. I mean, I know I really struggle with that a lot. I can get so caught up in wanting to have everything figured out and having, you know, a super clear picture of how it all is going to get, you know, from point A to point B. And that can absolutely be paralyzing. And it can really drive you crazy to get so caught up in you know, fear or comparison or insecurity, imposter syndrome. I mean, there's a whole long list of emotions that can trip you up and and hold you back in that beginning phase. And I think that while, of course, it's great to have a plan and it is important that you've actually thought through this and, and weighed the consequence of, you know, taking a leap like that. But I think that if somebody is fueled to do something and they've really decided that it's worth going for and they know that it's going to be hard but if they feel that because it's meaningful or because they've got something to express and to share or they've got an idea the first piece of advice that you have to listen to and you can't get past it without accepting it is you've just got to start yeah you're gonna have to believe in yourself if you don't believe in yourself enough to just get started it's gonna be really hard to get people you know, potential clients and people in your community to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. So you have to take that first step and put yourself out there, believe in yourself, believe in your idea or believe in your ability to figure it out. You know, if nothing else, you can just believe in your ability to withstand mm-hmm. to your in your resilience and your ability to gut it out and and survive. For sure, and from there, the next piece of advice that we would give to somebody after they've taken the leap and gotten started is simply this, do it more and get better. I think that, you know, when somebody starts something, it's easy to kind of get caught up and like, oh, well, what's, you know, now what? I think that it's really important to just get some reps in our business, in the early days, I know that it was really your determination to just keep practicing and taking on projects and not being afraid to keep learning and improving your processes. And, you know, in a way it's like we all have to go to school a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that just embracing that every business has a season that kind of beginning pains and where things are, are messy and you you got to kind of work out some of the kinks and, and really define who you are, what you do, and, and how you're going to move forward. But by embracing that season of just putting in the work and being committed to getting better, pursuing education, you know, listening to feedback, I think that if you do that, you're going to find yourself in a better space than you were in when you first started. Yeah, absolutely. I, 
I think it's definitely, um, I'm not going to say that every business goes through this, but I'd be surprised if there were a bunch that didn't. Um, but you know, you're going to spend a lot of time with your back against the wall, like having to fight out of the corner. You know, for me, it was taking on projects that I honestly wasn't exactly sure how I was going to execute, um, which obviously, you know, brings in some logistical issues as far as like, well, you know, if you don't know how you're going to execute it, then how do you, <laughs> how do you price it? <laughs> you right. know, but that is sort of the awkwardness that, you know, is hand in hand with starting something is you got to put your best foot forward, try to be as confident as possible and, and just start pushing forward, get those reps, do more and more of it. Because the truth is without being completely blessed with some kind of field guide given to you by some mentor in your field that, you know, just tells you, here's what things are worth. Here's how long things take. Here's how to price things, how to value your time, you know, without somebody giving you some kind of golden ticket of your particular field, you're going to have to figure that stuff out. Right. And the only way to do that is reps. Yeah. And the reality of reps is that oftentimes reps feel like hits sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, um, losses come hand in hand with that. You're going to work on a project and you're not going to get the, the pricing right. But that's okay if you can come away with a lesson learned, a knowledge gained. There are going to be other ways in which you gain sort of a profit from the things that you do. So if um, underestimating a project and the amount of time it takes or something of that nature causes you to not make a lot of money on it, but you gain the knowledge of that aha moment of, well, I know how to do this, how to price this, or how to judge this for the next time, then that that is overall, that is a huge gain. That's a huge win. It's a building block. And, you know, that's part of the beginning stages. You just got to get through those, but you start putting more and more of those together, and you're well on your way. Tip number three is super simple but it is something that i think is so important for anyone who is looking to grow their business and that's just this you need to over deliver and i have to take a minute to brag on you jesse because in our relationship and in our business there are almost times where i'm like dude why are you like try you're you're doing so much more than is like really necessary here like everything you do you do out of like as if this person was your highest paying client you know like that's just mm -hmm. that's just how you that's what your heart is for anyone and everyone who yeah. you meet and who you know who our business serves and I you know I love that about you and I think that that was such a huge part of this business and such a huge part of the story of how our brand took off is because like you were saying you know you were saying yes to projects that you didn't necessarily you know know exactly how you were going to do but the thing that you did know is that you were not going to be done until it was beyond excellent and until your client was 
you know, had become a raving fan. And I think that for anyone across any industry, having that as a motivating factor for someone can go so, so far. And so I kind of wanted to just hear from you, like, knowing that that's your heart. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, there's a lot there. That is, that's a huge thing for me. And I think that, I, I think that this is something that if you get this right, there's a reward in it that is so special because it's something that can sort of prop you up when things are less than great in the, you know, in the, uh, in the dark times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been projects along the way that I just never relented until I knew that what I was delivering to my client was something that was going to delight them and, you know, meet the need that they had brought to me and provide them with a value that went above and beyond what, what they expected turning that person into a fan who then tells somebody else is critical for a growing business. But also I think it, it, it's something that's critical to your heart mm-hmm. because there were plenty of times where a project just whipped me and maybe I lost on it financially or maybe it just physically whipped me. But when your client gets a hold of it and then is thrilled and becomes your fan and you know starts to tell everyone you know how amazing it is and and you know how their experience with you know working with you was receiving that feedback is something that builds you up in a way that that really nothing else can when you take a relationship and graduate it from a transactional consumer relationship into something that is personal and you convert a, a client into a fan, you'll experience what I'm saying, the reward of that. Whatever your field is, there's going to be little things you can do. For me, in my field, you know, some of the things that I did early on that made a lot of sense to me that people questioned um, you know, was part of my ideals of over delivering. And part of that was in my delivery when I would deliver products, you know, I didn't, I didn't have clients come to my shop and pick stuff up. I would take it to them, which people would be like, why do you do that? Just make your people, you know, you know, you're wasting your time, make people come over here. Well, here's what it meant for me. I got to build that relationship with people, interact with them in their own space. And just as a as a benefit, very oftentimes people say, "Hey, while you're here, could you look at this? Mm-hmm. What what would you what do you think I should do here? What what could we do this?" And you start providing some insight, some opinion, and you know, they're going to come back to you with another idea. I left a lot of those situations with additional projects. That was a huge part of what I did. But, you know, being able to help, you know, my client by bringing that, delivering that piece to them, bringing it into their house, setting it in place, maybe helping them move something else out of the way. At the time, I had, I had the time and availability to do those things. So there was no reason not to. Over-delivering in those ways helped me build fans, you know, a fan base and not just a base of consumers. Yeah. So I think that 
this is like the perfect tie-in to the fourth tip, which is kind of, you, this one really comes into place once you've implemented those first three and you are seeing some growth, you are gaining traction, and you do feel a consistent demand. And the next tip when you get to that point is this, you've got to protect yourself. And I think that, you know, a lot of the times, especially when we're talking about things like over-delivering and, and, you Mm -hmm. know, like really being motivated in those areas, a lot of people who have businesses and, and people who see that kind of stuff, they go, oh man, you got to be careful. You got to charge for that. And it's true that as you grow and as you have more and more demand after you've proven your value and all of a sudden the resource that becomes most valuable is your time, you do have to begin kind of protecting yourself, protecting your time, your resources. And I think that that can happen in so many different ways, but a a, a big one is that you protect yourself by by learning what to say no to. Mm -hmm. And you protect yourself by doing the due diligence to legitimize yourself and not, you know, just take on things foolishly. Like you have to be the one who is the guardian of your business and yourself, what what you can give and that comes in the form of, of really doing an inward look at, you know, where are there areas where maybe there's some vulnerability that we need to kind of form some boundaries. As you develop more and more demand, it becomes more and more important for you to take the steps that give you clear boundaries, protect your time, your resources, and allow you to function in a way that, you know, begins to focus a little bit more on profits and in numbers because ultimately that's what you need in order to continue serving your client base. That's right. And I could give you a, a story from, you know, from my experience of a large project that I did in which I failed miserably in many aspects to protect myself. And it was me misreading a situation, sort of my desire to serve a client and also to grow my business led me to really to bite off more than I could chew. And in doing so, I failed to protect myself. You know, I had come into a large project. Um, This was a commercial project that was very exciting. Just an amazing concept of a uh, local restaurant. And the way it came about was true to form for my business. I ended up meeting with these two business owners that were just getting started. And, you know, we we went to talk about fabricating some custom tap handles for a beer wall. And then the next thing I know, a couple months down the line, I'm basically building... 95% of the interior of their entire restaurant, Mm -hmm. which on paper, that's real darn exciting. You know, I had ended up in a meeting with architects and contractors and, and all that. And, you know, kind of to discuss scope and this contractor says to me, well, what, what do you do? I said, well, everything like, like kind of like a, bozo you know like what do I do I build anything whatever you need 
Yeah, you didn't have a boundary up. Right. I didn't have a boundary up. I didn't protect myself in that. You know, I wasn't smart enough to say, well, you know, furniture is truly what I do. Um, I was hungry, you know, so I wanted to know what possibly he might be thinking about, you know. My guard was definitely down. Um, But, you know, next thing I know, I'm... I'm building cabinets and they're asking me about decking and, you know, just a lot of different things that, that really I was not prepared to serve that client well in. And I didn't protect myself and I didn't protect them. And what ended up happening was I took on a lot more than I was equipped to handle at that moment, both um, physically, but also from a, a time standpoint, an equipment standpoint, a knowledge standpoint, I end up scrambling because the person who's building the tables is the same person that's building the countertop is the same person that's building the desk in the back is the same person that's building the signage for the front. And it's all got to be done on a timeline and some of that overlaps. And if it's the same person, it's not getting done. And I failed to protect myself in uh, knowing that just because I can do all those things doesn't mean I can do them in those timelines. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I, I felt sort of responsible for holding up a business from getting open. Eventually, the things got done and I was proud of the work that got done. But I had to sub some stuff out get some other people to come in. I had to hire some people that I didn't really know. I didn't really know their skills. It left you vulnerable. It left me vulnerable. And, you know, there were some things that got done that, you know, down the line, you know, there was a warranty contract on that particular project. And I had to honor that for somebody else's work. Yeah. That wasn't to my standards. And I failed to protect myself. And and that was mostly just because I got eager and I wanted to do some things. I wanted to do projects. I wanted to prove I could do some stuff. I wanted to get in. And, you know, I just, I failed to let reason prevail and, and protect myself. For sure. Our next tip, number five, is this. Follow the money. And here's what I mean by that. When you think of starting a business, you understand that the thing that fuels your business is money but it can be really hard to make certain decisions and to see clearly with all of the other you know, motivators and factors that go into starting and growing a business. Ultimately, at the end of the day, in order to continue operating, your business has to be making money. You can't just you know, deliver an amazing product be getting better and better all the time and losing money because if that's the case then you don't have a business you have a very expensive hobby whatever it is that you're looking to do you're always going to be kind of circulating in your business a mixture of things a mixture of established ideas products services things that you know are at that point in your wheelhouse if you will that you've you've got it down you know you can handle those things and then you're going to be mixing that with things that you know your new things new ideas new things you're trying things you're trying to put out there and progress and what you know what you got to do is make sure that you are being mindful of The fact that there is going to be an amount of money that is required to facilitate keeping the blood pumping on your business. So you need to maintain an amount of work in established 
concepts to keep that going while pushing forward the new things that you want. You can't just let go of everything that you've known and done to pursue a new idea without putting yourself into peril. And that's it's that's a tough one too because especially if this is a passion project, you know, a business that is like fueled by your creative drive and passion, it's going to be really tough to maintain continuing to do a lot of the bulk of your business in something that you know, you've been there, done that. You're not sick of it, but it's not the most thrilling thing in the world to you. You know, for our business, we've got a ton of those things. Like I know for a while, for instance, it seemed like we were just doing miles and miles of wood walls. Yeah. And, you know, the first few that I did, I was like, I love this. This is amazing. It's so fun. And, you know, and I just love the product. And then after a while, it's just like, I'm tired of cutting this wood. I'm tired of hauling it all around. I'm tired of going up and down this ladder. You know, I don't want to do it. But we had to follow that money because you know what? It was a good revenue stream for us. Yeah, it gave us the freedom to have other areas where we could experiment and we could kind of through trial and error understand is this new thing going to be profitable? Are there things that we need to tweak in order to make that work? All the while having something that we we understood our cost, we knew what it took, we knew exactly how to do, and we could do it without a bunch of really intense emotional effort. We knew how to do it, and we could do it well. Exactly, so follow the money is about balance. It's just about balancing your revenue stream, making sure that you keep the pulse going on some things that, that you're good at, that you can provide solid value with consistency, things that you're able to, uh, you know, over deliver on. You got to keep those things going while you pursue, you know, the new passion, the new spark, the new idea. Um, there's plenty of time for both, but only if you keep the blood pumping. Absolutely. Tip number six is one that I feel very passionate about, and I know that you do too, and it's this. Don't try and do it alone. Mm -hmm. I think that for so many people who are taking a leap, starting a business, in a lot of ways, you have to kind of do everything on your own in the beginning, or maybe with a partner or a few trusted people. But ultimately, one of the things that we have learned for sure is that if you really want to scale what you're doing, you, you cannot hold on to every single piece. And you cannot make it happen without support. I mean, whether that be a team to help you execute all of the tasks that you need to do, as well as a community of people who can be there for you and mm -hmm. help you and teach you. I mean, if you get into a place where you're isolated, in a place where you're just so inwardly focused and having to rely on only yourself to get everything done, that is completely unsustainable and is going to lead to some pretty dark places. I think that you and I have experienced this in our own journey where, you know, we can look back and at times it was just you and me building because, you know, we're all that we had in that season. But as we got more and more busy and had more requests. I mean, it, it got to a point where we needed a team. And not only that, but after we had been doing it for a while, 
we were starting to have a little bit of a shifting desire for what our day-to-day would look like. I mean, we we went from being the people who were building to the people who needed to kind of really manage the business mm-hmm. and really level up on what our day-to-day was going to hold. And bringing on the right people to help scale things is something that is so, so deeply critical to the success of anything. Yeah, I think there's a lot sort of to unpack within this idea of not going it alone, but from the ultra practical of, hey, look, you know, if you're, say, in my case, this artist, craftsman, woodworker, furniture designer, be honest, I'm not an accountant. (laughs) Man, I can't imagine what kind of calamity I would have brought into my business if I'd have you know, tried to force myself to learn how to also be an accountant because somebody has to do it. Mm-hmm. Definitely know your limitations. Even if you are an artist who can uh, manage your books, which one is a better expenditure of your time? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a basic bit business principle. I'm sure that everybody's heard, you know, over and over and over. But if, you know, I mean, shoot, if you can you know, do something with an hour, you know, within your talents and skill sets that generates a hundred dollars of revenue for your business. And it only costs you $50 to pay your bookkeeper for an hour of their time. Well, don't spend your hour. That's just, that's just practical. Um, you know, don't go it alone. Know what to just right off the bat hand off. But then it gets harder from there. As you're growing, you are going to have to figure out how to get comfortable with handing off things that you know it's easier for you to just do it yourself than to teach somebody to do it. But you have to understand. And this took me forever. So you have to understand. If you get the right person, you teach them one time, and then they can do it for you a hundred times over. Yeah. You don't have to teach them every time. So that's that's a long game. That's greater vision instead of, you know, playing in the short term. You know, you have to get comfortable with delegating, training, teaching, and then understand that it is not... Because this will be hard. This will be hard for anyone who, especially somebody who, you know, experienced the grind of starting something. It's so hard to understand that it is okay for you to become somebody who manages and monitors and assures that things are up to standard. Mm-hmm. If if you're not the sweatiest, dirtiest, bloodiest person in the shop, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are not providing value. Right. You know, it's not to be shamed because you get to a place where you can walk around the shop without getting your clothing dirty. It's a vital thing to train somebody, find the right people, train them up, empower them to train the next person. Every time you have a victory like that, that's a powerful thing that, you know, multiplies throughout your business. Absolutely. When you when you experience that, congratulations, you have scaled your business. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's the whole point of what we're talking about here is, you know, how you do that. And I think that 
finding ways to embrace, you know, growing your team, but yes, with the right people is, is so important. And I also think that this is the perfect segue into the next tip, which is you got to build processes. And really, when this comes into play, it's in the context of when you have other people who are, you know, working alongside you, taking over things, they've got responsibilities that were once yours, you've handed them off. You know, you're talking a lot about training and educating and, and things like that. And I think a tip that, that we have truly learned through uh, pain and suffering of <laughs> feeling a, a lack of this is that having well understood and documented processes is something that will allow you to scale in a way that is sustainable you know, is something that you you feel good about. You're able to kind of look in and understand, is this or is this not still on track with what we've, you know, discovered to work for us? And I think it's just something that is so important. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm thinking about, like, sort of our own situation. It's kind of crazy, but a lot of the processes that we have, we weren't even able to develop until we found some of the right people um, because true. you have to have somebody that's bringing something to the table that allows you to institute a process and a lot of times those processes are defined by those people for you and I we're both feeling very fortunate to be in a place now where a lot of things are firing and we know that that's because of the the talents and the aptitude of the people that we found, we found the right people that have allowed us to depart what we know to them and then help, you know, they in turn help us define processes that really get things going for the good of everybody. Mm -hmm. I think that when you get to a point in your business that you've involved other people, or honestly, even if it's still just you, I mean, the benefit of processes and organization and having a structure I mean I know in our relationship I'm the one who's like oh I am all about those things like <laughs> give me some structure give me you know a, a step-by-step have we done these things is each checkbox ticked off but the reality is that the reason that feels like something that gives you security is is because it does it, it truly is something that allows you to become more efficient kind of tying back to some something that we talked about earlier it helps protect you and it's something that will ultimately lead to greater freedom for you as the the business owner to have kind of you know put your hand on something establish how you want it to be done and then be able to trust others to carry that out for you absolutely okay so the next tip is to embrace the journey and what i mean by that is it's really about being adaptive. You are going to define your business as you go. When I started this business, I wanted to build furniture. And I had this idea of basically having a store. You know, I started running with that, building single pieces of furniture, and then the market demand 
because of, you know, some of the things that some of the projects I did and the exposure that it got, you know, brought me into, you know, line of sight for an entirely different market, which was um, commercial build outs. And so those were the clients that started calling. And to be honest, like I kicked against it. Mm-hmm. for a long time because like it wasn't within the the box that I had planned from the start and I wasted some time kind of trying to not go with the flow of what was working and you know eventually I accepted it and adapted to that embraced it it brought so many new opportunities defined and redefined and redefined again who we were as a business and now we're in a place where we've we've done multiple laps around the track if you will because now we're back to doing a ton of just singular pieces for homeowners we have the store we have the showroom Um, all those things came around in due time but it's you know it was a process of being adaptive and in, in more ways than one, because it's not just being adaptive with, you know, the field that you're in and the, the, you know, sort of the business model, but also being adaptive to trends, being adaptive to style and concepts and things like that. Flexibility is going to be something that is crucial to maintaining your sanity as you're trying to start a business. Absolutely. And I also think that kind of along the same line, the idea of knowing how important it is to embrace the journey and be content in whatever season you're in. Find a way to appreciate and enjoy whatever season your business is in rather than being like so consumed with, you know, oh, I'm not going to be satisfied with my life until I'm at this particular marker because when you get so caught up in the grind of just going for it and you've you've got a vision I mean that's an important motivating factor but at times I know you and I have experienced feeling like kind of the joy of what we're doing gets lost in the fact that it it isn't exactly like the picture we had imagined but a lot of that is truly just a mindset and is something that you have a lot more control over than I think we at times realize. So I just think, you know, as you were talking, it just, it seemed important to also note that it's, it's yeah, being, being flexible and, you know, following what is working, but it's, it's also knowing that you need to be content where you are and you need to find a way to enjoy the life that you're living no matter which season of business you find yourself in. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're not doing that, you're opening yourself up to a very, very dangerous position of the comparison game. And, you know, comparing yourself to other um, other businesses, whether in your market or in a completely different market, I mean, you're probably going to start comparing yourself to something you see on Instagram or social media, which it's not what it seems. And that's dangerous to get into a place where you're not enjoying the place that you're in, not feeling satisfied and comfortable in the place that you're in because you feel like somebody else is in a different place, a better place ahead of you, or you feel like you should be ahead of where you're at. All those things are are very dangerous and powerful 
you know, emotions that will really put the brakes on, on, on your progress. You have to be okay with knowing that things are gradual and even the things that your heart desperately wants, they will come in time, but you need to be healthy and ready for them when they come. Absolutely. I think that you're kind of starting to touch on something that is very closely related to this, which is tip number nine, don't fall into the hustle trap. And I Mm. think that so much of what you've been saying reminds me of kind of this this trap that we fall into of seeing what someone else is doing and believing that if we just if we can just hustle hard enough if we can just you know if we can just work more work harder you know if we can just grind that we will someday magically find ourselves content and able to enjoy all of the good things of life but the reality is is that If you are caught up in hustle mode for too long, you're going to hit burnout. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you and I have experienced a number of times to varying degrees. And it's tough. It's hard to avoid. It becomes a spiral. You have to be able to figure out how to not make that the constant lifestyle. You can't glamorize it. Right. Because it's not glamorous. I'll tell you that right now. I think we mentioned in in a previous episode, and we'll probably tell this story in the future, but I, myself, I tore myself apart physically. Had five surgeries in the last, you know, 18 months, just trying to repair damage to my body from allowing myself to treat hustling and grinding as just like a mode of operation as a as a as a tool and it's not and kind of as a a badge of honor almost exactly exactly speaking to you right now i mean the most guilty person in the world on this topic but you know what i would say to anybody listening is don't fall into that trap know that that's like you know something it's like uh it's like when you're playing a game on Xbox and you got that special button you can push that gives you a boosted power for a limited time only, you mm-hmm. know, like you have to you have to utilize that in that way when you need to rise above something and and get yourself to another level, get yourself out of a jam, make up for a mistake or some time lost or there are appropriate times but you cannot make that a constant lifestyle because you're going to burn out. I think it's so important to check in with yourself regularly and ask yourself if the reality that you're experiencing is in line with the vision that you have for your life and for your business. I think that it is incredibly easy to just get caught up in doing so many things and being kind of in, you know, overdrive mode that you can at times forget to to slow down and and reflect and and look inward and kind of ask yourself you know am am i enjoying my life do i like who i am do i like the business that i am growing i think that if you aren't really careful you can just enter a place in which you can kind of become someone almost unrecognizable to yourself 
and you can create a business that isn't what you want and a life that's not what you want. And it's so important to realize that you have to take control of the life that you're building for yourself by taking control of what you will or won't allow your business to be in your life. Okay, so our next and final tip is one that feels very closely related to what we were just discussing, and that is to listen to yourself. You have to listen to yourself. There are going to be so many things that your body, your mind, your heart are going to try to tell you, and especially if you are stuck in the hustle trap, you are going to try to ignore, but you have to listen to yourself. So when you start to feel burnt out, when you start to feel like you don't have the passion for the things that used to be free-flowing, your talents that used to just be easygoing and seemed like an endless res- you know, resource, when those start to feel like they're drying up, you know, those are pretty good signs that you're starting to, to feel burnout. You can't work endless hours constantly without reprieve. You know, a lot of things will start to suffer in your life if you are just pushing further and further into burnout. So uh, this is a, a difficult topic because it's like, you know, for, for myself, for you as well, um, it's really painful because we're guilty. You know, we're so guilty of, of pushing too far, of being overly willing to sacrifice, to try to pull something off. But if you can figure out how to pull up the reins a little bit and say, I got, I got to take a break. I got to rest. I got to do something to recenter myself and f- love what I do again. It's a very powerful thing. Yeah, I think that the, the key here is knowing how important it is to just check in with yourself and ask the question, do, do I feel like I need something? And if you need something, you will tell yourself, you know, if you're willing to listen. And I think that there have been times when maybe you and I have asked ourselves that question, you know, what do we need? And maybe the answer is we need a break. We need to rest. Maybe it's we need help. Maybe it's we need more time. It could even be we need something that excites us. You know, maybe we're bored. Mm -hmm. It can be a number of things. And I think that the the principle here that is really important as the takeaway is, is just that if you are starting and growing a business, the most important part of anything that you do related to all of this is that you yourself need to be living the life that you want to be living. And you don't want to sacrifice your life for your business. Why would you do that? The whole reason that you're doing a business is because of the things that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. You know, that the promise of being able to be in control of your own time, being able to do work that is meaningful and that you're passionate about. 
But if all of those things aren't part of your day-to-day reality, then the truth is there's something in your business that's not healthy, which means that your life isn't healthy. And it is so important to realize that pursuing health in our life and in our business is key to being, you know, fulfilled by the work that we do and by by the business that we're growing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's huge and it's a really really tough thing to navigate. Don't in any way think that that's just this magical thing of, oh yeah, all right, note to self. Don't allow myself to burn out. Like it's not it's nowhere near that easy. I think that there is honestly so much more that we could say about this topic and many others, but I feel I feel good about kind of where we've we've brought this conversation and honestly I'm curious to hear what the listeners think about some of this stuff. If any of this resonates or if they have had experiences that kind of fall in line with some of these things that we've been talking about. So from here I guess we kind of want to just point the question back to anyone who's listening right now, which is, have you guys seen that any of these are true in your own life, your own business? Or maybe is there another tip that really stands out to you that you'd be interested in hearing us talk about? This is still one of the first couple episodes, and we have got so much coming up and so many things that we want to talk about. But we hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation and that you will join us for the next episode. So if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss the next episode. We've got a lot that we're excited to talk about in the future, and we just would really love it if you would follow along with us. If you're looking for another way to connect, you can find us on Instagram at intheworks.podcast. We're really excited about building this community, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode, and we will see you guys in the next one.